0: What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday and welcome back to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B or Des V for vagina, because we were about to talk about what the fuck came out of it. Um, If you are new here, hello. If you're not new here, welcome back. I have a feeling I'm going to have a few new listeners, because I got nosy Nellies that want to listen to my birth story, and you know what? I don't fucking blame you, because I would do the same thing. So honestly, welcome. Um, I'm very excited to be sharing my birth story today, and honestly, I kind of just want to jump into it. Like, there's not really a lot of housekeeping that I want to do or anything. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm currently three days postpartum. And I knew that I wanted to record this right away because if you guys listen to my birth story with Maddox, I also recorded it right away. It's insane how fast you lose those tiny details. And I love going back and listening to my birth story with Maddox and just remembering those small things that easily are forgotten. Um, And it just brings a smile to my face. So not just for you guys to hear a birth story, I know I love hearing birth stories, but I want to make sure that I record it the best that I can so that I personally even can go back and like listen to it and just re- reminisce on it. So if you are someone who you don't even need to have a podcast, but if you are about to give birth or you're, you found out you're pregnant or you want to get pregnant one day or anything like that, I would highly recommend using the voice recording app on your phone, if, especially if you have an iPhone and genuinely record your birth story, even if it's just an audio clip like to yourself that you keep, but just like to look back. It's, it's almost like having a wedding video, but you probably don't want your birth on video. So that's what we're gonna be chatting about today. In the upcoming weeks, I'm gonna be discussing kind of postpartum and, you know, updating you guys, all the fun stuff that we always do here, but for the sake of today and the story and just my energy and my mood, um, as lo- as well as like when this is gonna release the last thing I want to do is tell you how I'm feeling now when by the time you're hearing this, I'm going to be like two more weeks postpartum. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not going to tell you how I'm feeling right now. Um, but we can definitely discuss that like in the future, you know what I mean? So, um, the one thing I will say is as always, this podcast is sponsored by better help. Um, and I'm actually really wanting to ensure that I do a little like commercial quote or ad here because better help has gotten me not just through my pregnancy, but through postpartum. Like I am three days postpartum. I have my first therapy appointment set up for tomorrow. And I am definitely in a place of being taken care of by a qualified counselor slash therapist online. So if you guys are interested in better help therapy, You can use code DESB at checkout for 10% off um, when you start that subscription. So um, when you go in there, it'll ask you for a code. You can get that 10% off your first month with my code DESB, or you can go to betterhelp.com backslash, backsplash, DESB. Um, So they are going to match you with a therapist that is suitable for you based on an intake questionnaire within 48 hours. You can communicate right away. You can do video call. You can do voice call. There's so many different ways that you can utilize the platform while also having different financial options. So um, if you're someone who like doesn't need to talk to someone every day, there's like a lower tiered option for you. If you need more help, there's a higher tiered option for you, you know, et cetera. So um, if you are going through anything right now, but especially for my moms out there, especially for those moms to be, it's a very challenging time. Right now I'm feeling good, but also baby blues are very real. Postpartum depression can come on at any time within the first year postpartum. And you can also have postpartum anxiety, et cetera, along with just a traumatic birth for me, as well as a traumatic pregnancy overall, right? So BetterHelp has really helped me um, throughout my pregnancy, but also since I was postpartum with Maddox. And and I really stand by it. A lot of people um, might have different experiences in person, but for me, my lifestyle, my inability to always leave the house... BetterHelp is what has helped me. So again, you can use code DESBY to get 10% off your first month or just look into it, send it to a friend, send it to someone that needs help. Um, If it wasn't for my friend Emily, I wouldn't have signed up for BetterHelp. I had been dabbling with it um, since about, it was like December of what would have been 2020. And uh, finally, I had texted Emily and maybe I was just ranting to her about how I was feeling or something, you know, and she was like, you know, I listened to this podcast and they've used BetterHelp. They actually have a code you can use. Um, so I used that code and I believe it was actually from maybe girls got to eat, to be honest, or like chicks in the office. It might've been a barstool podcast. I don't remember, but I used one of the podcast code and I was able to get help. Um, and and then they reached out to me and we were able to partner as well. Cause I just have so much passion for the platform now. So just a quick Little story, but um, I hope that you guys can also just know that if at any time you need help, especially postpartum, please, please, please ask for it. You're not a pussy. You're not asking for too much. You're not, you know, don't get mom guilt. Please take care of yourself. So without further ado, let's fucking get into it. So I have my quencher's water. Yeah, I know you're probably shocked I haven't had a tequila sunrise yet, but I do have a bottle of sangria and some champagne. I might pop a little bit tonight. Get it right. It is Friday, so kind of, you know, popping off the weekend. First weekend with two kids. What's up? You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, let me hit this real quick. Mm. (sighs) Something about some carbonated water. Holy shit. So, all right. I had a baby. Ah! I had another baby. I had a, oh my God, bitch. I had a full term ass baby. I had, I birthed a fucking human, not an alien love you Maddox, but preemie babies hit different. They are so special. They are warriors, but it is so much of a different experience having My other warrior baby, but still being full term. So everything was so special and so crazy, but I honestly, like, I just want to start from the beginning, give you a brief history, reminder, refresher, overview, how we got to the induction, what happened, and literally just fucking strap in because I'm just going to not stop talking. Start like starting in like twenty seconds, just be prepared for me to not shut the fuck up, okay? Um, and I hope that you're ready for that. I feel like if you're listening to a birth story, you're totally ready to just fucking sit there and take it all in. But that's exactly what I'm about to make you do. So sit down, relax, grab a fucking drink, grab a grab some popcorn <laughs> and and get ready. So reminder, I found out I was pregnant in early September, mid September, I'm sorry of last year, obviously. When we found out, I was filled with um, shock. I can't say I was even happy right away, to be honest. Um, I was actually pretty pissed. I just hit one year postpartum, just stopped breastfeeding nine days before my positive test, and I had taken a pregnancy test just like three weeks prior And it was negative. Um, So I really had no indication other than the fact that I was starting to get nauseous out of nowhere. Um, And I had not had a period, but again, I was weaning from breastfeeding. So I kind of just took a test because it was like, ah, fuck it, like, let me just rule it out, ha, ha, ha. Absolutely no inclination that it would have been positive. So when that positive test came back, I was rattled at this point in time. We had already planned to move back to Michigan and had bought a house. Um, So at this point, here we are getting a new house, moving to another state. And all of a sudden I I'm literally pregnant. We're about to close on our house in two weeks and I'm pregnant. What the hell? However, our main goal was if I, were to ever be pregnant again, we would be closer to my family. That was white and eyes kind of thing. And that's what we wanted to do. So it coincidentally lined up in all in beautiful and miraculous ways. So fast forward to, let's say December. Here I am, I'm 19 weeks pregnant and it's about to be Christmas and we're about to have our gender reveal. And I go in for my regular routine ultrasound anatomy scan that you have at 19, 20 weeks. At this ultrasound, they were going through everything, and I just had an inkling in my heart that something was not right. I also had a lot of previous trauma with Maddox's birth in general, so I was also just extremely scared and to just simply go into another pregnancy and have this um, worry of what could occur um, again, right? So once we went to the anatomy scan, at the end, they kept trying to get pictures around his heart area, And I was very concerned that he did not have all four chambers, or maybe he was having a congenital heart defect, you know, something of that sort. Well, when they came back in, another tech came in, took a few additional photos, and we left. After that, I got my, like, my chart updated, and I got a notification in-app that there was an an abnormal finding, um regarding kind of like this structure that was found in the chest area. Um, Basically what it could have been was something that could be cancerous. and turn into something cancerous as well as like a big mass that is going to then place effect on the heart, et cetera. We had no idea. So for two weeks we had to wait until we went to a specialist um, for maternal fetal medicine. And at that appointment, we were diagnosed with a CPAM which is known as a cardiopulmonary airway malformation. Um, What basically occurs is when your baby is a sack of cells multiplying, growing and dividing, a little bit of cells gets misplaced in the universe of their body. And instead of growing into the actual part of the lung, it creates a mass. So what has occurred is on that third lobe of the right lung of my child, it is a cystic mast. A cystic mass. Sorry. So left lobe, left lobe of the lung you only have one lobe on the right lobe of or the right lung you have three lobes okay so what ends up happening is that bottom lobe is kind of fucked up there's a mass there it's pushing on the diaphragm are pushing the heart to the other side etc especially when your baby is so tiny fast forward we're going to weekly appointments alternating between bronson and u of m Mott's children's hospital And once we got to the point of about 37 weeks, we've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 37 weeks, they decide to set me up for an induction. I guess it was 34. I'm sorry. They wanted me to be induced if I were to make it full term um, because they needed to ensure that the pediatric team was on staff not just on call, like they wanted them present in the building, not have to wait for them to wake up in the middle of the night and come into work. Um, same with the pediatric surgeons. They wanted to ensure that everyone was really like hands on deck. So when the delivery of this baby comes, if they need to be paged right away, nonetheless in the room, they are there, they are present and ready to jump into action. So with induction, I was, I was a little bit nervous, but I was also kind of excited to have this um, end date So at this point in time, when we set my induction, it was set up for me being 39 weeks and three days. So again, plenty much full term. Um, A lot of moms tend to go quote sooner on their second. Now it doesn't happen with everyone. So I was a little bit nervous that I would not make it to my induction. In this case, we still had that two and a half, um, three hour drive with the construction that's actually going on 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 I-94 right now. So if we were to go into spontaneous labor, it was going to be a fucking freak show to figure out how to get taken care of. Let me tell you that. Because no matter what, even if we had to make it to Bronson and they airlifted me to U of M or they ambulanced me there or something like that, it would have still been an hour commute to a hospital. My family has a history, including myself even, when I went into labor of going very fast. Now is that genetic? I don't know. Um, but everyone in my family has their babies in like less than five hours. Like it's just how everyone has gone. Everyone's birth story is gone. So I was nervous per normal that if I, my water were to break or I were to start going to labor that I wouldn't make it to U of M. Anyways, fast forward, fast forward. Here we are 39 weeks and three days. It is my induction day, May 9th of 2022. It's a it's a fucking beautiful Monday morning. Um, the, the fucking sunshine, the birds are chirping, freaking rainbows are everywhere. Leprechauns are dancing. Like it's crazy, beautiful outside. I woke up, did my normal morning routine. I actually laugh at myself. I got on the Peloton, did a Peloton ride. I did an arm workout. Um, and then I came back up, you know, got Maddox lunch. I'm walking around, I'm hanging it. I'm chilling. It is the most craziest experience ever, knowing tonight I am going to go in to have a baby. Will that occur tonight? Like will I have a baby tonight? Maybe not. It might take a few days. Inductions can take anywhere from upwards of four to five days. Um, but here I am. Like I'm I'm gonna fucking do it. You know what I mean? So, I got ready all day. <laughs> um, I'm literally I did my fucking lashes the night before, I did my brows the night before, I blew my hair out that day. I, you know, did my skincare routine. I actually did not wear makeup, like I still didn't like do any of that or whatever, but I, you know, made, made sure my skin looked good. I did a fucking mask in the morning, like it was so funny. I was literally just fucking chilling. And so Once we got to the point of about 10 a.m., I was supposed to call the nurse to figure out when my scheduled induction would start. So they were like, hey, yeah, we know you have to travel. Let me give you a call between four and six and we'll let you know. I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be a long night. Oh my God. So throughout this day, I noticed that I was contracting a little bit more than normal to the point where I was having a little bit of additional pressure down in my vaginal area. Nothing where it was like super alarming, but I was like, okay, things are like kind of moving. Like, it's really nice that I made it to my induction date. So once we got in the car, we left it around 4 p.m. just to make sure that we had time to get there. Um, if we wanted to stop for food, we had time, you know, whatever. So on our way there, I started having contractions where I was kind of breathing through them. And I actually started to time them because I got pretty nervous now, obviously, in this case, we were already in route to the hospital, so I was, like, 100% okay, but that's why Wyatt was almost, like, Des, your body might just be kind of relaxing, finally, because it just knows that we're in route to do what it's supposed to do anyway, you know, like, I wouldn't be shocked if you're going into labor, because you can finally, like, breathe and be, like, phew, like, I made it, so... During this time, my contractions weren't timing up with being in active labor, um, but it was definitely occurring. It was outside of the point where I called it a Braxton Hick. At this point, it was taking over my full uterus, starting at the top, um, and it was contracting the whole thing all the way around. So when you have a Braxton Hick, you're typically seeing like one lump so to speak, right? Like it kind of looks like a head um, is like growing out of your belly. It's just one spot. When you start to have actual contractions, I've noticed that they're fully encompassing the whole belly. It's not just like one side or one area. Um, So once we were on our way, we kind of, we didn't like speed up at all, but we were like, okay, let's not get dinner. We'll eat there. Let, you know, let's just get there and make sure that we can fucking get there. So once we arrived, it was literally seven twenty. We left right on time. They told me to be there at seven 30. We got all our, like, it's so funny to fucking think about, dude, we're like checking into a hotel. I got all my fucking luggage. I got my pregnancy pillow. Wyatt's got his pillows. We got blankets. We're ready to literally set fucking camp for like five days. Like we are prepared to be there for quite a few days, including like your typical postpartum recovery. Um, on top of at this point, possible NICU stay, possible overnight, possible nest. Um, um, opportunity, etc. So we are really just prepared for like anything. When we arrived, we roll up. Um, I made a fucking epic tip, TikTok might, might I also add. Um, but we rolled up and we're, we're just like, Hey, like we're here for our induction. Like, she's like, okay, here, like, here's your wristbands. Let me get this on. Like, it is so, it is so funny because it's just not your average like movie style where you walk in there, you got shit dripping out of your vagina and you're like, oh, I'm having a fucking baby and everyone goes panic. Like it's just this smooth walk in and you're like, hi, I'm here to give birth. Like it is such an interesting feeling, but it also makes you feel very in control. So, um, and I'll get there in a second. So we check in, we get into our room, um, probably, you know, within 15 minutes, they're not really rushing, which I don't blame them, but I'm just super anxious. You know what I mean? So we get back to our room. It's a really, really nice room. I'm not shocked for it being U of M, which also just made it so much of a better experience. Um, and I was able to have my mom and Wyatt both with me upon arrival. Um, I sat kind of like in the bed for a second, you know, I'm just chilling. They gave me a gown. They had to run some blood lab tests as well as administer a COVID test to me and me only, which again is like, I get it, but it's like, I'm like, can you literally test like the people that are with me too? Like if you know what I mean? Like if you're that worried about it, like, holy shit, they could be positive too. So it's just, it was just confusing. But anyway, so she literally took out my fucking left eye. I swear to God, um, that thing went so fucking high into my nose. I thought I was going to die before I was about to die. So, COVID test was negative. Blood labs came back good. Um, you know, we're just kind of like waiting at this point. So it is, mind you, we arrived at 7.30. Say we got in our room by eight just to give us some leeway. I did not see anyone else other than my nurse who kept coming in and out, you know, kind of, hey, is everything going okay? Yep, we're, we're waiting. They were pretty busy, they said. I did not get seen until 11.55 at night. We got there at like, again, let's say eight, right? 1155. They did not do anything until then. They did already have an IV up, Um, like my port set up, but there was nothing running like nothing. I was just on a fetal monitor the whole time. So once they came in, um, they were looking at the sheets. They're like, okay, notice you are having some contractions. How are they feeling? I'm like, honestly, I like they're I can barely feel them. You know, it's just my belly gets hard, but like, I'm good, I'm doing good. They're like, okay, well, let's get someone in to check you. So I was really nervous about this cervical check because if you guys have listened to previous episodes, you'll know that my cervical check with Maddox was non-consent, non-consented number one and number two it was very traumatic because it was very fast um and the woman who did it thank god it was a woman but literally shoved her hand so far up my vagina again without consent in the middle of a contraction um it was extremely painful we were also in a hurry due to Maddox not doing well in my belly however um it doesn't mean that it was a good experience so I was terrified to get checked and I was very open with the midwife about it um but she she was very very kind and like was very understanding of what had happened before and so she was like, when you're ready, you let me know. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, wh- the One of the biggest things I took away from mommy labor nurse on Instagram is when you get a cervical check to wiggle your toes. So I was wiggling my toes the whole time. And I had like my little labor fine tooth comb. Um, if you guys saw that in my push gifts, uh, it's supposed to help again with like contractions, squeezing the comb in your hand. So I was doing that cervical check. Not that bad. You know what I mean? It was, it was decent experience. Once she pulled her fingers out, um, she told me that I was four centimeters dilated, sixty percent effaced. So that is pretty fucking good for me rolling up to an induction being four centimeters. I mean, let me let me put that in perspective. You need to get to ten. I'm a, you know what I mean? I only got six to go. Not bad. So once that occurs. They're like, this is fucking awesome. This is great news. We are very excited for you. We don't have to do any type of medication. There's two medications. They start with the letter C. Don't fucking remember what they are. But basically what they would do first is soften the cervix. And then step two would be like a Foley balloon. Then step three would be Pitocin and onward. Okay, so they're like, the cool thing is we get to skip step one and skip te- st- step two, God damn it. We could go right to Pitocin and honestly, it, it, this could be super easy for you. Um, I was like, awesome, you know, f- like, fuck yeah. The only thing I've heard about Pitocin is that you do get extreme contractions. I've heard they are 10 times worse than normal. I couldn't tell you I remember what a contraction felt like even with Maddox. So for me, it was kind of like, bring it on. You know what I mean? Like, guess what? This baby's got to come out some way. So whatever. Um so after that it's about midnight they get me started on pitocin by let's say 12:15 am okay every 30 minutes they come in and they crank that bitch up not by a lot it's very very tiny what pitocin is is basically like what your body would naturally be producing when it is going into labor so obviously i was having a little bit of pitocin already distributed in my body because i was dilating things were starting to happen naturally but adding that pitocin and then getting it equaled out to what your body's already producing is kind of the goal because then they start to work together and then boom you have a baby So with Pitocin, they put me on, you know, this very slow, slow fucking drip. And I was still contracting. Everyone went to sleep. Okay. They're like, this could be five hours. This could be 10 hours. This could be two days. Rest up. That's what they told us. Rest up. So we turn off the lights. I'm literally laying in bed. Like I'm going to bed. Uh, I literally almost called Wyatt Maddox. Wyatt is sleeping. My mom goes to sleep. Like we're good. You know what I mean? The one thing I will tell you guys too is that I could eat up until induction began. So until that 12:15 when they started that Pitocin, I was 100% allowed to eat and drink. Um, I didn't really because my nerves were just flared, but ju- that was just a common question. Throughout the duration of my induction as well, I could drink water. So that was something that they didn't let me do when I was in labor with Maddox, so not sure if there's a difference, but whatever. So anyways, st- we started the Pitocin. I'm starting to get contractions and within the hour, say it's about 2am. Well, it's been so like, just say an hour and a half, 2am. It, it, I kind of am in and out of sleep, but I kind of at 2am, I stay awake. I'm like, woo. All right. This is starting to get a little bit uncomfortable, but only to the point where, you know, you're like, okay, I got 30 seconds. I have 30 seconds. I have 30 seconds. And then it's gone. So I was still pushing myself through it. During this time at about 2 a.m., I started watching videos on Bridget Taylor's YouTube channel. She does a lot of like labor and delivery, postpartum breastfeeding, um, everything like she's a doula. So she has a lot of passion for birth um, and she has a lot of really good videos on how to breathe during contractions and how to breathe giving birth. So I started watching those and I was kind of mimicking them as I was go- getting these contractions. And I noticed by about 2.45, shit was starting to heat up. Shit was starting to heat up a little bit. Okay. I was squeezing the fuck out of my comb. Everyone's still sleeping. I'm, you know, <gasps> I'm like, okay, this is getting a little serious. So I call in my nurse. Cause I also realized I really had to take a piss. I got this huge ass IV thing out of me. You know, I'm like, I need help. So she comes in. And I get up for the first time to roll to the side of the bed and like, you know, sit off the edge of the bed and a contraction takes me out. Like immediately hunches me over. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm like. That fucking hurt. I literally said that hurt like a fucking bitch. That's what I said. The nurse goes, do you think we need someone to get in to check you or, and I was like, yeah, I need, someone needs to check me. I need an epidural right now. Mind you, my biggest fear was not having an epidural. So even if my ass was only six centimeters dilated, bitch, put that in my spine. I do not give a flying fuck. I need an epidural. So I get up, I go to the bathroom. I pee and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will take a little bit of stress off of my bladder slash uterus slash everything and make me feel a little bit better. It didn't. I got up from the toilet. I walked out. And as I'm walking out again, immediately another contraction. And I rushed over to the bed to hurry up and sit down because I almost fell to my knees. At this point in time, my mom is scurrying around. She can tell shit's going on um, as well as me flushing the toilet that goes (gasps) (laughs) like, goddamn! they can't make those toilets a little bit fucking quieter in the hospitals. Jesus Christ. So she wakes up and in this point in time, I literally was about to look at them both and say, is anyone going to get the fuck up? That was literally my, my verbiage. That was, is anyone going to get the fuck up? Like, I'm obviously in pain. Instead, my mom gets up. So the only person that gets backlash is Wyatt. I sit on the edge of the bed and I peer over my shoulder. I said, Wyatt, get the fuck up. And he immediately wakes up. Eyes. I mean, he's never moved faster in his life than me telling him to get the fuck up in that moment. Usually he's got this weird sleep talking energy. He, like, takes forever to get out of bed in that moment, I've never seen him move that fast. He goes, well, I'm up now. I said, fuck, yeah, you are. So he gets up and he comes over to the side of the bed where he, they're both kind of like my mom and him are like, what the fuck's going on? So I am in it at, at this point, so much pain. Wyatt walks away. He fucking walks away. All of a sudden, mind you, the lights are still off. Like we are not even ready for showtime, okay? White goes in the bathroom. This is within, I'm telling you, seven minutes from that first contraction that I told you guys took me out. I'm sitting on the, well, I'm laying down finally. I'm gripping the hospital bed, hand railing. This is to the point where I'm moving around so much. I'm hitting 900 different fucking buttons. The bed is literally bopping up and down. And my mom is like, Des, you need to fucking stop moving. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. All of a sudden, my water breaks. I've never had the experience of my water breaking naturally. So it was really cool to like feel it because it literally just felt It just felt like someone just like popped your insides and it like came out. Like it is the weirdest feeling, but it was like so euphoric and it made me so happy. I got to experience that in my body, just naturally releasing like that pressure. So my water breaks. I said, um, I think my water just broke because again, this is where shit starts getting messy. Anything clean out the window. This is where shit starts to get real. Okay. So. All of a sudden, Wyatt comes out. He's freaking out because he heard me say my water just broke. And at this point, when your water breaks, you—I mean, dude—you could still have days. You could have hours, or you could have minutes. Okay, so at this point, it is about three fifteen a.m. and my water has broken. Immediately, we have already contacted anesthesiology to come down and give my ass a motherfucking epidural. So at this point, I am contracting so close together and they are begging to check me like cervically. But I'm contracting so close that I do not want that same pain that that girl caused me from my first birth. I'm terrified. I keep telling them no. They very much honor that. At the point, I keep saying, where the fuck's the epidural? Where's the fucking epidural? Where the fuck are they at? Is that them? There's people starting to like flood in the room. Shit is going buck wild, okay? It's going like zero to 100 so fast. I have a fucking bomb squad all of a sudden in my room and I am like terrified. I'm like, why the fuck are there so many people in here? I thought I have time. I have time. I have time. I'm telling myself in my head, I can still get the epidural. I can still get the epidural. I can still get the epidural. I couldn't get the epidural. Okay. Let me just fucking spoiler alert there. Um, we are now at like three 30 and I am at the point where I'm starting to feel pressure in my asshole. And if you have given birth before, you know what that means. And if you have not, let me tell you, it means that you're ready to push. Okay. When you start feeling that pressure in your asshole, and it, it really does feel like you kind of have to poop, and then you have pressure in your pelvis, like you literally feel a fucking child's head there, I can assure you, you need to push. At this point, the anesthesiologist still has not fucking gotten there. They have tried to contact him multiple times. The operating room is swamped, and he cannot get there, like whatever. At this point in time, I am pushing so hard on Wyatt's hand. I'm squeezing the fuck. I almost broke my mom's finger. She literally told me she's like, "I thought you broke my finger," and I am. I I'm gonna be honest though. I am finessing these contractions. Like you would not know how much pain I was in because I was low key fucking keeping it reeled in. Like I was just like. <sighs> I was turning into a fucking monster. Like it was actually so exhilarating to look like, to look back and be like, holy shit, I was, I was fucking doing that. Dude, you would not know that I was nine centimeters dilated. So at this point in time, what ends up happening is Wyatt is pushing. So let me tell you, this is something that I did out of like nowhere. No one told me to do this. I I don't know if it's a tip or not, but here's what really helped me. When I had a contraction, I was on my side and I would push as far and as hard as I could into Wyatt's palm. When his palm is kind of almost against his thighs or at his hips, I would be pushing against him. When I would push, he would push back. And I, that's what I would tell him. I would say, push against me. So I would be pushing almost like when they test your like legs. They're like, okay, push against my hand. And then they're kind of pushing against you. That helped me so much almost just like transfer this energy um, in this pain that it, it was just very helpful. So I encourage you guys, like, take your partner's hand, take your mom's hand, take whoever, the nurse, I don't care who you have, push against them, like push against their hand, holding it, and tell them to push also against you. That was so very helpful to me. So at this point in time, I am kneeling on, like I'm on my side, I am curled up damn near in a ball, I am gripping onto the hospital railing with one hand. By this point in time, my fan has died. Like my bedside fan that I brought. Um, And my labor comb, yeah, out the window. That probably only lasted with me till seven centimeters dilated. It did what it needed to do at the time. So... I have White's hand in the other hand. The anesthesiologist comes up behind me and I'm like, oh my God, thank you, God, you're here. He's like, hi, Desiree, I'm so sorry that it has taken so long for me to get to you. We can 100% still do the epidural, but I'm going to need 100% conviction that you will not move and that you know that you will not move. At this point in time, let me backwards just one moment. I had been cervically checked. So the girl was like, "Can I please check you? And at this point I said, yes, you need to tell me what is going on. At this point in time, she checks me. I am nine centimeters dilated. That is within fifteen minutes. okay. So I look at the guy and I swear to God when I turned over guys, i I think I saw, I think I saw Jesus. I think I saw a mountain dew at the end of the tunnel. And then I also saw my life flash before my eyes when I looked him in the eye and I said, I can't do that. And in that moment, (laughs) I made a decision to go all natural. And I cannot fucking believe that I fucking did it. Oh my God. So I turned back around. I start crying a little bit to my mom. I said, I'm so scared. And she, I, I just had the two biggest support systems ever. Like, why, between Wyatt and my mom, they just were so convicting. they're like, yes, you can. And yes, you will. You are going to rock this. You are rocking it. And it, it was just so encouraging. And it was so special to have those moments with both of them. I almost have tears in my eyes. Because um, at first, I wasn't going to have my mom in the room with me. Because when I went through my first birth with Maddox, it was COVID. So I only had Wyatt and also it was spontaneous. But I was like, oh, like, why would she come? I just didn't think it. Like, I just didn't care. And now, like, looking back, and again, like, oh, I have tears in my eyes. I would be, I would have really been so upset if I didn't allow her in the room with me. And it's not that I wouldn't allow her out of, like, oh, you're not allowed. It was just, oh, like, people do that. You know, like, it wasn't my first experience. But I'm so glad she was there. She really she just, she held my shit together, dude. She held my shit together. Um, so anyways, at this point in time, it's, it's fucking go time. I, the girl said again, she's like, remember, are you feeling it in your butt? She's kind of massaging my upper back, um, or like my lower lumbar. Why it's in my face. My mom's up by my head. She's dabbing me with a wet towel. I go from cute to ugly in like 15 minutes. And I, she said, remember, if you feel like you have to poop, we need to, like, we need to push on the next, next contraction if you think you can. And I said, I think I have to poop. And I really thought I had to poop. I genuinely might have shit. I genuinely might have pooped. And we'll get to that in a second as well. So, at this point, they're like, okay, what do you want to do? Because they knew that I had a birth plan of, like, getting into a different position if possible. I said, I want to go on my hands and knees. So I go on my hands and knees. I'm kind of at an angle. The bed's at an angle. So I'm almost in like child's pose, but like elevated. Okay. Kind of at an incline. And I I start pushing. That's that. I tried to really barrel very deep in my breaths. So this is going to sound weird, but when you're pushing during, or when you're like breathing in like a contraction, this is off that Bridget Taylor's video, you're like, okay, so like you're feeling, if you put your hand in front of your face right now and you're breathing out, you're feeling that air hit your hand, okay? When you are in labor and you want that that air to go down, right? You're thinking about breathe, this is what she says, breathing your baby out, okay? You're almost in this low bear, like, oh, And I know that sounds weird, but I know if you do that right now, you will feel that in your lower core, like your lower abdomen. And if you put your hand out in front of you again, you won't feel that air coming out into your hand with the same force it did the first time. You're breathing deep air into that pelvic floor, expanding that diaphragm and breathing your baby out. Okay. So that's kind of what I was focusing on. So I might've sounded a little possessed, but you know what? I didn't tear, so fuck off. Um, No, I'm just kidding. But once I started pushing, um, I would kind of go up on my hands and knees, almost like in a four, like in a table pose. And then when I would need to push, I almost rocked my hips back into like child's pose. It felt very natural. In between contractions, I would almost wiggle my hips around, almost pretend like I'm on like a, like a bouncing ball, like I'm on a medicine ball, a stability ball. I'm rolling my hips back and forth. After that, they're trying to keep the fetal monitor on me so it's um, very low on my belly. They kind of lose the baby, and they notice that he's in a little bit of distress in that position. So they immediately flip me to my side, so I'm in a side-lying position position. Again, I am not birthing on my back. I am on my side. One leg is literally in the air and the other one is literally on the bed. If you're picturing this, yes, it's like the reverse doggy on the side. Um, so I am, my foot is in the air, and when they're telling me to push, I'm pushing. I'm also, like, kind of pushing my foot into the um, ner- the med student. Um, it, I felt so bad. She was so short, and I think I almost, punch, like, punched her in the face with my foot. Um, so, I was pushing, pushing, pushing. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, the ring of fire. I mean, it, there's really no other way to describe it other than absolutely. Absolutely, it is a fiery ring. And it is around your vagina, okay? At this point, everyone is cheering me on. They're like, Desiree, you are doing so fucking awesome. Um, you're doing fantastic. Um, Wyatt's like, finish this. <laughs> I'm like, not now. <laughs> my mom is like, you are do- You're a rock star. You are crushing this. Um, you got this one more push. And on that last push, dude, I pushed with all my fucking might. And boop, out comes baby Archie. So it was, it was crazy. Afterwards, I was extremely exhausted in a way that I cannot comprehend along with like the, the immediate shakes postpartum kicked in, you know, when your adrenaline rocket rocketed so high. So I start shaking, I get cold, they take him. And at this point in time, he was I, like, I did not hear him cry. And so I remember immediately going into panic looking past all of these people in my vagina area and I'm looking at where they're taking him. So they're taking him immediately to the like little baby um, station and they're immediately assessing him. Now, at this point in time, what they're looking for is respiratory distress. That was really our big thing of him coming out. He also shot out pretty fast. um, So they were worried about additional fluid getting into his lungs, his ears, etc. And that did end up happening. Um, So even to this day, he's like puking up a little bit of fluid that he's still working out of his lungs. Um, And he initially didn't pass his hearing test on his left ear because there was still literally fluid, just like filling that ear that was enabling him from like hearing. He did end up passing it on the next day, but there was just a lot of fluid that came out. So that's what they were assessing over there. Now at this point, I'm, I'm still feeling every little bit of what they're trying to do. And they're trying to get out my placenta. This is usually something that detaches right away naturally from the uterus and you kind of birth it second. It can take anywhere from like 30 seconds to 15 minutes. You know, it's just, it kind of works out and they do a thing called the devil's massage, which is also known as a fundal massage. The fundal massage is literally so much easier without, or I'm sorry, with an epidural because obviously you're not feeling anything, but it is painful when you are not numb at all. You know what I mean? So... I'm kind of looking past them, but I'm also noticing a lot of pain and I'm noticing that my placenta has not yet come out. So eyes are then off Archie and they're telling me to push more so that I can like literally birth the placenta, which is kind of step two. At this point, I'm trying to push. I literally can't. I am so exhausted. I am in pain and I I am done. Like I'm done. I can't. Well, what ends up happening is that they cannot get my placenta out. Now, update on Archie. All of a sudden, they clear his lungs. They get him off of, they had him on a breathing, um, kind of like the mask, for just a second. And they immediately bring him over to my chest. No wires, no tubes, no CPAP, no nasal cannula, nothing. Just a bare, beautiful baby that I get to put right on my chest and I almost feel bad. I didn't get to enjoy it as much as like, I did enjoy it, but I was in so much pain and this placenta was not coming out that there was a lot of freaking out going on. Um, because that could lead to hemorrhaging as well as a lot of other issues if it stays in too long. Um, so at this point, Archie's on my chest and I'm so grateful and I'm, I'm in such bliss, but I'm also in so much pain because they're trying to manually get this placenta out. And so fingers, hands, everything is going up me, in me, and around me, and I am writhing in pain. Okay, so basically what had then occurred was my placenta was not coming out. So I'm feeling all of this pressure, like there is no numbness. I'm feeling everything that's being done. And um, it comes to the point where the doctor tells me um, that they are worried that the placenta has not yet detached. Um, So at this point in time, oh, (laughs) at this point in time, um, they decided that I needed to go to the operating room. Um, They needed to ensure that this placenta got out right away and I am not tolerating the pain um, of what is occurring. So they need to figure out what they need to do to get it out um, right away so the operating room what they ended up talking about um, was intubating me so literally yeah like literally putting me completely under to intubate me and remove the placenta they talked a few different things that would occur number one the the first thing that they would do and hopefully would just happen naturally um, would be to massage the placenta out Um, but obviously i was just at the time not naturally tolerating it. The other thing that they were wanting to do um, was potentially having to manually remove it. So what this would then look like is them literally putting their full hand up my vagina to detach the placenta from the uterus manually. Again, this is something that would involve a pretty high level of pain when you're not numb at all. Um, So that's why they would also put me under. The last thing that they would need to or want to do is virtually perform a DNC um, to remove and suction it out. Okay. So these are, you know, different, different uh, possibilities. However, they're all very much in the cards because they do not know what this placenta actually looks like. Now, there's nothing wrong with my placenta. It's not like I had an infection like I did with Maddox. It's not, it's nothing. It's just sometimes this shit happens two people is that it's, it's retained. Um, so that the uterus does not want to let it go. (laughs) Basically my body wanted to stay pregnant. Um, so at this point I am in pain and I have accepted that I need to go to the operating room. Now this is kind of backwards because I imagined when I had Maddox, he was taken away from me right away. And in this case, I was now taken away from Archie right away. Um, So that golden hour, although he was on my chest and, you know, that was really great. I wasn't able to do, you know, breastfeeding right away or anything like that. I had to be rushed to the operating room. Once I'm taken back to the operating room, I start to get some really bad, like intrusive thoughts. I genuinely was like, what if I die? What if I react bad to anesthesia? What if whatever? I just started freaking out. Once I got back into the OR, um, at this point again, like I wasn't loopy at all, but I will say up until this point, right immediately after like Archie was born, they gave me nitrous oxide, um, to try to calm my nerves to provide that like massage I was telling you guys about. And then they also then administered fucking morphine. So I was fucked up within 10 minutes. Like they tried to do all these things at once. Cause it was, a, it was approaching an hour, a full hour of me not b- being able to birth the placenta. So again, that's a pretty significant amount of time. And they were pretty—they were starting to get pretty worried. So once they took me back in the OR, they ended up having to do a spinal block. Um, so this is kind of a pain in the fucking ass, literally, because they put the spinal block in just like you typically would an epidural. It's just a little bit of different administration. Um, and I was still numb from the waist down. So you would think I just had a natural birth, I don't need to get virtually an epidural, but I still virtually underwent an epidural. So the whole point of why a lot of people decide natural birth is because then you're not, you know, flooded with all these anesthesia, I'm sorry, um, all this uh, (laughs) anesthesia, um, different drugs, et cetera. Right. That's, that's why a lot of people like to go natural because it quote is a better recovery. So regardless, I don't know if I got a better recovery because I still technically had to get a spinal block. So once I was in the OR, um, it was actually nuts. They put my hands out, um, just like you would a cesarean. They put a uh, wrap up on the table, just like you would a cesarean section. And the weird thing is though, they had my legs hanging from the fucking ceiling bro. Like literally it was like stirrups that were on the ceiling that they put my legs in to literally open up my legs as wide as possible and as high as possible to see into. So I literally looked like an open gutted fucking deer dude in front of all of these people in the operating room. And at this point in time, you don't give a shit. I mean, they've seen it all. Right. But like, wow, how, how vulnerable to be in that position? Literally. So once they, um, got me high as shit, uh, and did the spinal block, I was, I was out of it. Um, I was still very much like coherent, but I was just, I was loopy. Don't get me wrong. And I did not feel a goddamn thing from the waist down, which almost postpartum, like kind of felt good. But then I knew that I wouldn't be able to move my legs for like hours coming up. So after that, um, I felt a lot of pressure. You know, they're performing the placenta removal. What they ended up doing is getting it out within like five minutes. And they actually resorted first to just doing massage and only massage. And it did work. It was just the fact that I was literally unable to tolerate the excessive amount of pain. um, And they were having to apply a, a level of force that they typically wouldn't. So for anyone postpartum, they were like, that would have been a lot for someone to take without being like numb. So they were able to get that out. After that, they did fully check me for like tears and stuff. Um, They did mention I had like a very small lesion, like they would almost call it more like a rug burn. Um, But it was nothing that they needed to stitch up or wanted to because it was almost like she's going to have more pain if we stitch it up. So, um, that made me feel really good too. I, I didn't have any additional stitches or anything. Um, with Maddox, I did have like a few, maybe like two stitches. Um, because again, I had a very small, like micro tear, but it was nice to not have stitches because it even made my postpartum experience thus far a little bit better. Um, So after I left the operating room, I had to go into recovery for about, it was about three hours. Um, So again, I wasn't allowed to go back in my room. I didn't see Archie. I didn't have him with me. Um, And I had to be in a separate room for like recovery. Once that was, once I was there, I literally couldn't move my legs until like 11, I think it was 10.30 a.m. was the first time I got out of bed in my sur- my surgery, sorry, my procedure, if you want to call it, um, when I got the spinal block was administered at about five o'clock, 5.15, I think, um, maybe around five. So that was almost like, you know, four hours, almost five, well, five and a half that I literally couldn't feel my legs and I didn't get up. So <laughs> um, that was painful to like have those feelings come back because, Ultimately I could have been up on my feet right away, even just moving my feet, getting pressure applied to my feet, but they did have these really cool, like, um, like leg suits that went on my leg. I don't know what to call them. I'm, I'm like blanking right now, but they actually were like, um, circulating blood. You know, they were kind of like squeezing me and not squeezing me. If you're an athlete, you know what I'm talking about? They kind of like help you recover. You see football players use them, whatever. And uh, so they kind of helped circulate the blood and honestly, it felt really good. So that was awesome. Wyatt ended up wheeling down Archie. Um, and I was able to see him, and he was able to like I was able to hold him while I was in recovery. And um my mom was down there too, and we all just kind of talked about the birth and everything and just wow, I am fucking done. I'm never giving birth again. <laughs> like this was already traumatic enough. Um so after that I stayed in recovery for an extra like 30 minutes. Wyatt took Archie um and so I was able to like get a little bit of shut eye. And then once I was able to return to my room, um, I was able to see him right away. And uh, again, I was able to hold him and um, the different teams started kind of funneling in. So like pediatric surgeons came in, the neonatologist came in, um, the pediatric specialist came in. So everyone is kind of doing these um, checks on him because he was um, obviously like had a CPAM. So we had all of the like highest level of people coming in and out of our room to check on him which also made me feel really good because if anything were to change immediately um which it also could have happened you know he could be doing well for an hour and all of a sudden take a turn you know they didn't know what was going to happen um so the amount of monitoring that we had on him it just made me feel really really safe um really sound and they were also like super super happy with him like they were like he is doing amazing um if i if i wouldn't have had notes on him, like I would never know that he had a CPAM. Like, this is the best case scenario. Like, we love seeing stuff like this happen, um, whatever, whatever. So, we are so grateful for that overall experience. Um, in six weeks or eight weeks, so by the time you guys listen, about six weeks, we go back for his CT angiogram. So, at this point in time, they'll do an angiogram to really get the actual anatomy of the lung, get the actual size of the CPAM, and figure out a game plan for removal. Um, and see kind of what he needs to do, um, to, you know, get this removed or, or taken care of whatever. So, um, everyone was just so freaking nice. Like the whole U of M staff was just amazing. I had amazing nurses. I had amazing midwives. I had amazing med students. I had amazing doctors, like everyone I came in contact with during my whole duration of my stay, they were all so kind, so caring, made me feel so good, so supported, Um, And it was just like a really, really beautiful experience. So like, other than the fact that I still had to like go through a natural birth and then get the fucking like spinal block kind of sucks, but I would still have that experience all over again versus my NICU experience. Like it has just been night and day. We, he was born at 3.52 AM and then we were able to leave the next day by 11 AM So like we stayed a little over 24 hours in the hospital post-birth and again like you know having that experience of like putting him in the car seat leaving to go home having my family there to welcome us home like I never got that and I never got that especially with COVID either. So it was like just such a cool way to like enter postpartum and honestly just like lifted my spirits so much immediately. Um, Maddox was a little bit shy at first like the first like evening and then once the morning came around and he was by himself like Milo was gone, Gio was gone, my sister's gone, mom's gone, brother you know, once we were by ourselves, he was very intrigued of like hmm, like what is this little human? Um and now he like can't stop kissing him, can't stop looking over his crib, seeing what he's doing. Um we're kind of battling this thing where he wants to like give him stuff, you know, like toys or like his like his uh sippy cups and you know, it's like oh fuck, he's going to throw it at his head but we're like, you'll navigate that. You know what I mean? But it's just so special to see them both. And like, like, I had my pediatrician appointment today for him. And so it was the first time seeing both the boys in the car. And it was just such a special moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is our life forever. You know, these are two kids and, and then us, you know, it's just, it's so cool to just complete our family. And um, it, it has just been so euphoric. Overall like I'm feeling pretty good. I will say like yes, I'm exhausted, but it's also a different type of exhaustion. Every day I feel so much better. Um like every day I can just like walk better. Every day I can like sit down better. Every day I can pee better. Every you know, it's like every day it's so so phenomenal how your body just can heal so fast and like just knows what to do and goes into action to do it. So I'm just very grateful and I'm so grateful for all of you guys who've continued to support me support my family, pray for us, think of us, send us love, send us vibes, support us in any way, shape or form. Like it is crazy to have closed that part of our journey to, you know, open a new part, but I can't wait to just like cross all of this off and just have these amazing stories to look back on and like tell my boys one day all they went through and what they've overcome and, you know, tell them you can literally do anything you set your mind to cause you're already strong as fuck. Um, it is just really cool. So um, Especially for you guys who have been with me since, you know, even before babies, I know that I've evolved and changed and my life has evolved and changed and all of these things combined, but it's really cool to have so many of you still stick by my side and um, be able to watch my evolution and just be in so be so in awe of it and respect it and love it and still hustle see me still see me hustle and respect what I do you know and um, it just means the world to me so thank you guys for all the love and support and respecting our privacy of this time and um, you know just kind of like keeping this little bit of joy to ourselves privately for now and um, it's just been really really cool so I hope you guys got a kick out of my birth story Um, if you have any questions let me know I mean there's I feel like there's so much more I could have said I can say I, I can continue to say and I'll probably be a broken record for a while whenever it comes up you know just talking about it but it is just such a reminder that we can literally do anything we set our mind to and if I can push a baby out of my vagina without any medication so can you so I am off and I am off to recover, continue recovering. Like I said, I just want to record this before all of these details, you know, might've slipped my mind or whatever it might've been. So I know it's kind of a cut and dry podcast, but I hope you guys enjoyed it and, um, maybe felt a little bit empowered in your own journey or empowered in the future or even just in general or just empowered to, to know that like our bodies can do this. Like how cool to just have a baby and, and even have like a premature baby before, but then have a full-term baby the next. And you know, whatever it might be, it's like our bodies are just so fantastic and babies are so, so resilient and such warriors. And it's just Oh, it's so beautiful. So I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing Sunday and we will chat soon.